0: Yesterday, I dropped my final mailbag episode of 2022, but I did not have enough time to answer all the questions. So I decided to break the episode up into two different parts. So stay tuned to find out my thoughts on Derek Lively and the Duke prospects. Dylan Mitchell, is he worth a top 10 pick? And also my thoughts on Cam Whitmore and more. Stay tuned. Big, big shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast your first listen of the day. I am your host, Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board and the founder of NBA Draft Junkies. And like I mentioned at the opening, this is a mailback episode, and I really, really, really enjoy these episodes. It's so much easier to just answer questions and share my thoughts. So if you have any questions or comments shoot me a message on twitter whether it's in my inbox on my timeline or even comment under this video if you're watching on youtube and i'll save them and i'll try to get to your to your question but i really enjoy hearing the thoughts and definitely the in the interaction i love to interact with the listeners and again big shout out to everybody that has Listen to the podcast and and just made NBA Big Board a success for 2022. All right, let's get right into the questions. Here we go. How was Derek Lively the top ranked high school player? He barely plays at Duke. Very, very good question. I'll be honest, I'm gonna be 100%. I was not a really big Lively guy coming into the season. I think he looks the part, he has the physical tools, He is a player that, in my mind, and this is my my thought coming into the season, he was a guy that can shoot a little bit, that I thought was going to settle for a lot of jump shots, which I've been totally wrong about. He hasn't really been shooting jump shots. I I didn't think that his motor was great. I thought that in high school, he was just so much more gifted than everybody else, and that was the reason why he stood out. Now, to his credit, he has been efficient for Duke. He's not missing (laughs) shots, and I don't think he's played bad. I do think that, it is just my opinion. I do think that Duke, over recruited i think when they put together this recruiting class they didn't pay attention to the overlapping skill sets and he seems to be the odd man out and i think he's probably delayed a little bit because he missed some time in training camp i do think that if he went to a different school the situation would be different uh i did speak with a scout earlier this week and he mentioned that he just thought he made a mistake by going to duke and for Lively, unless things change in the second half of the season, I think he's going to really have to show that he can shoot and just and just show scouts something in private workouts, maybe at the combine. But then again, guys just aren't playing at the combine. So, um, yeah, I mean, I can see how you can be totally disappointed with, with his production. But you can make a case and say all of the Duke guys have seen their draft stock plummet outside of filipowski i think if anything his may have went up a little bit or stayed the same but lively and Derek whitehead who both guys have dealt with some injuries a lot of people thought they were top 10 guys um i mean i think just based off of his talent and size and all that it was easy for him to to stand out in high school all right the next question is i saw Kristen peak from yahoo had dylan mitchell in her top 10 do you agree all right before i get into your question shout out to kristen peak kristen peak is one of the hardest working people in this industry and i feel like everywhere i go i run into her my first time i mean i I used to see her from years ago back when I, i did some au stuff but my first time like meeting her and talking to her this summer Well, it was this summer in Las Vegas and she was um, filming and watching Blake Wesley work out. And then I want to say I went somewhere else and saw her and then I went somewhere else and saw her. I've seen her here in Dallas at the Gonzaga versus Tennessee game. I saw her here in Dallas. At the It was actually Fort Worth <laughs> At the Houston Versus St. Mary's game I ran into her in Vegas At the Wimbeyama and Scoot game She is everywhere and she works really really hard And I just I just think she's awesome at what she does I think it's dope that she is basically a A minority in this industry I mean she's the only woman I know that's covering the draft And she has such a a great rapport and respect with the players. I mean, I've seen her interact with NBA scouts. And, I mean, she just knows her stuff. So, big shout out to Christian Pete. And in top 10, I, I don't think I have him as a top 10 pick. I get the intrigue. I mean, he's extremely athletic, extremely uh, talented. He's raw. And uh, I've heard he's just the nicest guy in the world. Absolutely no... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Doesn't have like the... Um, he's not spoiled in a sense. No sense of entitlement. Um, The the big question is obviously the shooting. I think the last time I looked... Actually, before yesterday's game, he had only taken four jump shots all season. I think the the jump shot is the, the big key for him. He's such a reluctant shooter. And I had mentioned in a previous podcast that a scout told me that he watched all his film... From AU to high school basketball last year He only took 11 jump shots total So the big question was Was he going to show some uh, You know, improvement As a shooter But then I spoke to a, another scout That felt like No, you, you're definitely not going to see him Take shots at all He's going to stick to his role So when you say Dylan Mitchell As a top 10 pick I think it's, it's obviously a projection And it's a projection that He'll eventually Turn into a more confident shooter and become a, a decent shooter. Um, I was pretty high on him as a passer. I thought he showed some some um, instincts as a passer in high school. But I want to say like his first 10 games or something like that at Texas, he didn't register a single assist, which is more so based off the role that he plays. But to answer your question, I personally don't have him in my top 10, but I respect what Kristen says and thinks because she's she's in the gym like a lot of people aren't in the gym they're just watching from afar she's actually there in the trenches so I really respect um what what she has to offer all right the next question is has Cam Whitmore been disappointing uh I'm I'm gonna say no simply because he's he's so far behind he's coming from he's coming off an injury and everybody's kind of had like a head start on him the numbers are they're not bad 12 points per game six rebounds the shooting is something that i didn't i i did not think that he would be able to carry over the same shooting splits and the same same percentages that he that he had this summer like he shot lights out at the under 18s and that really kind of propelled his um you know, basically his draft, (laughs) draft height because he played so well. Um, But 12.6 rebounds shooting 43% from the floor. He's had under double figures in his last two games. So I could see how somebody could say he's been a little bit disappointing, but also you just gotta, you know, understand that he is coming off an injury and Villanova who was, really not that good without him has won like five in a row i think they've won every single game that he's played so right now they are seven and five so you can do the math and see that he's made a big impact and difference on winning so right now if you're looking for him to have crazy stats and crazy numbers then i could say oh, i can understand how you think he'd be disappointing but i fully fully expect him to have a much stronger second half of the season. All right, before I get into the next set of questions, let's talk about something that is very important. Well, it's important if you wanna save money and that is Truebill. Well, it was called Truebill, but that was called Rocket Money. So Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions and monitors your spending and helps you lower your bills, all in one place and I'm being hundred percent here I am a rocket money user I have the app on my phone it has helped me save money I had a subscription that I needed to cancel and it has also helped me with my and I'll just go ahead and say the company my ATT Uverse was sky high no I haven't cut the cord yet but Rocket Money basically let me know that there are better plans out there with uh, AT&T, with the U-verse, and that I could save money. So I am a big believer in Rocket Money. And not only me, but 80% of the people have subscriptions that they forgot about, like a streaming service you bought to watch just one show on or that free trial that you never even use. And I give an example. I bought a streaming service for a boxing match, totally forgot about it, and I was getting charged $19 dollars a month but rocket money helped me realize that i'm still paying for that and it will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you so you can stop paying for the ones that for the ones that you do not want rocket money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as the click of a button all you have to do is find the subscription you do not want press cancel and rocket money will cancel it for you there are no more long hold times with customer service or tedious emailing back and forth Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money and they have saved an average of $720 per year. So stop throwing away money, cancel your unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on NBA. That is rocketmoney.com slash locked on NBA. Again, rocketmoney.com slash locked on NBA. Big, big thank you for making the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen every day. Now, make sure you check out the Locked On Sports today. It is the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less. Plus, instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports today. It is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, next question is best fit for Grady Dick? And any board that does not have him and Jalen Wilson in the first round is trash. So I'm gonna go out on the limb here and say the person that asked me that question is a Kansas fan. <laughs> That's just a wild guess. I uh, best fit for Grady Dick, you know, I don't I don't know. Maybe I, I'd have to I'd have to really sit back and think. I mean, every team needs shooting, in a sense. So maybe Orlando. Orlando has a lot of guys overlapping skill sets. And they have two picks in the top 10. I don't know if he is worthy of a top 10 pick. just depends on how much you you value shooting and if you think that he can hold up his own on the defensive end. But Orlando comes to mind as a team that can use some shooting. I think Utah could use some shooting um they have two picks that you know are are in that range as of now i mean i think they're going to end up with three first round picks um yeah i mean i just think there's a bunch of teams that could that could use shooting and that's exactly what he brings to the table he is getting some buzz as a lottery pick i mean shooting 48 percent from three at six seven or six eight (laughs) that's definitely going to draw some eyes there are some concerns about his defense, you know, scout told me that he couldn't guard his shadow, and uh, you know, that's just that that's just an opinion there. And as far as Jalen Wilson, uh, I think that he he's definitely helped himself. I don't know about him being a first round pick, even though he's having a phenomenal year. He's doing a little bit of everything. I think there are going to be some major concerns about you know his athleticism and his shooting. And I think that if he shoots the ball well, then that's going to help him out a lot. But I'm not for sure if he's a first-round pick. All right, down to my last four questions. Someone says, ESPN has James you going to my Lakers. I know you follow overseas basketball. Can he help? I think so. Um, well, with the Lakers, it's kind of weird. Because on one hand, you can say like a guy like him that's just going to have a very – Define role as a rim runner, a guy that's just kind of rebound and supposedly finish everything around the basket. You you think it's easy to slap those players like him into a lineup? Um, so I, I, on that hand, I think he can help. the The question is, you know, defensively, you know, just by being a rookie, going to a team that you know, I imagine the Lakers next year going to have championship aspirations because. At least they will at the start of the season. Uh, if, if Anthony Davis and LeBron are healthy, then if Westbrook is gone, I believe they're going to have like 30 million in cap space. And, you know, if you play for the Lakers, there's always going to be, especially with LeBron and AD on the team, there's always going to be some type of championship expectations. Don't know how much Darvin Ham would, would trust a rookie, um, especially because I imagine Lakers probably aren't going to be a playoff team this year. So it, it, it just depends. On one hand I can see him coming in and just being a star in his limited role, but then on the other hand I wouldn't be surprised to see a such a team like the Lakers that have such a a um such high expectations not really have a lot of confidence in a rookie. So only only time will tell. And I mean we're just speaking hypothetically even even if he does go to the Lakers. All right, the next question is, when is Baba Miller playing and do you think he could be a first rounder? Baba Miller is the Spanish prospect from from Real Madrid who is currently serving a weird suspension from the NCAA. I think he was suspended uh, half the games and his first game should be on January 11th. And do I think he can end up being a first round? I do think that there is a good chance. I mean, he's 6'11". He's skilled. He's one of these guys that you hear about every year that was a guard. And then all of a sudden he had a major growth spurt. And he's one of the guys that actually can see it. Like sometimes you hear that and then you don't see the guard skills. With him, you can definitely see the guard skills. The big key is the shooting. Um, he had a reputation for being a pretty good shooter and I've spoken to um, someone in the know at Florida state and they say that he shot the ball pretty well. Um, he is going to have like a limited sample size to prove to NBA teams that he is a first round pick, but he's definitely a first round talent and Florida state is, they're not good (laughs) at all right now. And, And so, um, well, we'll just see like if he can make an impact let's say he has a cam whitmore tight impact and all of a sudden they start winning when he when he plays then i think that can help him out all right this is an opinion maxwell lewis is better than brandon miller in my opinion why isn't he a lot to be in the lottery very very good question um they're not too far in age even though maxwell lewis is a sophomore and i want to say he's like three year removed three years removed from high school. And I mean, he's having a phenomenal year. Like he's really having a crazy year statistically. Like you're going to, it's going to be hard to find somebody that is having a a better year, even though, um, the numbers have, he's had a couple performances that have brought the numbers down. Cause at one point he was shooting like 60% from the floor and 50% from three, He had like a 2-for-15 game that brought it down. Then he had a 6-for-17 game against Iona that brought it down. But as far as scoring, he's still getting buckets. Even in the Iona game, he got to the free throw line 12 times. He's currently averaging 19 points, shooting 50% from the floor, 53% to be exact. You know, I want to short you you, your 3 percentage points, Mr. Lewis. Roughly 43% from 3 on 5 attempts per game, and he's shooting about 85% from the foul line. He's getting rebounds, he's passing, he's averaging a block and a steal per game. He is playing well. He's been very, very, very productive. But uh, the competition hasn't been that great um, against UCLA, which is probably the best game on his schedule. He finished with 10 points, he had four turnovers, um, he only took eight shots. Um, that was That was a big game for him. That was a really big opportunity for him to to um, you know, showcase what he can do against NBA Scouts. Um, he'll have more opportunities against Gonzaga. I think that's the the biggest difference is we've been able to see um Brandon Miller do it on TV and a little bit of hype before it and he was, you know I and mean, he definitely came in with a bigger hype coming into the season. And unfortunately sometimes that is the biggest difference the the hype coming into the season but Maxwell Lewis for you for the real draft heads that follow eat sleep and breathe NBA draft Maxwell Lewis has is is, has been a name that's been on the radar for for over a year now but I mean that's a a pretty fair assumption that uh, the gap is not that wide between the two all right before we get into the next round of questions I have a scenario for you Say you're hanging out with some friends and you're putting back a few drinks. A few becomes too many. As the evening comes to an end, the people start to head out and you think of calling a ride. But nah, you live nearby and you feel like you can make it home okay because it's no big deal. Well, what are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk and the results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still does not stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. And that is why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads because they want to save lives. So if you are okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead and get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, next question. Jaime Jamie Hacquez is UCLA's best player, but will he be their first player drafted? That's a really good question. It could be Jalen Clark. Um, you know, some people like Amari Bailey. I'm not the biggest Amari Bailey fan A Dembona. Not the biggest fan of him, but I get the intrigue and the potential. Then, you know, Amy's a four year guy. You know, four year guys aren't always the, the sexiest. I, I think it's I think it's a 50 50 chance. I think it's really between him and Jalen Clark as which UCLA player will be selected first. And you can even say it's a debate over who has been their best player. I mean, Jamie's been really, really good, but Clark has been really good also. (laughs) So that's a tough choice there, but I like both of them. All right. The last question is, are the mock drafts not showing Imani Bates love because of his past reputation? He's easily one of the top 15 players in the country. That's that's a fair question. Uh, I, I do think if you consider Intel in your, your mock drafts or your big boards, that is going to um, play a role in where Imani Bates is drafted. And, you know, I've talked to multiple... Multiple people about Imani, and I've never heard anybody say anything bad about him. There's been some, I guess, rumblings about the people around him and, um, you know, just how, um, you know, just his 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 development and so on. And here's the thing. Eastern Michigan is three and nine. And I think that's going to play a role in it. He has shown that he can score. I mean, he's more than doubled his scoring averages from last year. He's averaging 19 points per game, six rebounds, shooting a respectable 36% from three, 44% from the floor. He has shown that he is a shot maker. He can take and make tough shots. So that part has been a plus for him. And he's only 18 years old. That's crazy. It seems like he's been on the radar for 10 years. But 10 years ago he was 8. <laughs> so he's only 18 years old. That works in his favor. I just think that the biggest concern is is does his style of play impact winning? Can he play winning basketball or is he all about just getting his numbers? Can he get his numbers on a winning team? The passing is something that you know, it's weird cuz last year Memphis was trying to play him as a point guard and for his career he has 34 assists and 67 turnovers, and even this year he has 11 assists and 25 turnovers. So, the decision making and passing, at least statistically, is not there. But I think the biggest concern for him overall is does his style of play impact winning? And I do think, like the you know the outside factors, you know, as far as like past reputation, you know, it, it may have a, a role in. And where he's drafted this year. But overall, I mean, you can say he's playing great. It's just he's doing it on a team that is six games under 500. Well, that wraps up this episode. Again, I really enjoy the, the mailbag episode. Sorry I couldn't get to every single question, but thank you, the listener, for making this your first listen of the day. Now make the Locked On Sports today your second listen. Peter Burkowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world. In 20 minutes, you can get the analysis and opinions before everyone else with our own local and national experts and insiders. The Locked On Sports Today podcast, it is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Once again, it's Raphael Barlow and I am out.